0: This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com.
1: Greetings. This is Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm about to have a I uh, Master Plo, have you heard of
0: this Here's Yes, oh, Ya, yeah, Obi-Wan. You're listening to Star Wars Conversations here indeed.
2: Conversations, I'm Charles, and I'm Pat, and this is episode 58,
1: Throughout the Star Wars Galaxy, there are many people, creatures, and droids that we all know and love. This series gives us a chance to know them better. Character study, Grand Moff Wilhuff Tarkin.
2: Ooh, I like that uh, intro a little formality there.
1: Yeah, we're, um I, I don't want to say we're doing something new, because we're not. No. <laughs> we just slapped a shiny new name on it. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then we're going to retcon the previous episodes with the character study, you know
2: Yeah, snippet. yeah, it's going to be great, it's going to be we're Hello, great. I'm welcome to conversations, I'm Charles, with character study
1: <laughs> Fantastic
2: <laughs> It'll be seamless You get to see the voice of it,
1: I love it <laughs>
2: Um.
1: Alright, so, yeah, so, we'll have Tarkin Yeah He's a cool dude. I like him.
2: Yeah, he was a fantastic character. Born at the age of sixty-seven on the Death Star, but you know, he's, his history goes way further back than that.
1: Yeah, um, and his future ends at that. Exactly. So, uh, somewhat, somewhat. There's, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that. Yeah. But um, yeah, he was um, he was actually born on Eriadu, one of the planets affected in the Legacy Run disaster from the High Republic uh, book, Light of the Jedi.
2: Nicely done. Very cool,, yeah.
1: so that's where he was born uh back way back in the time of the early and high republics. Iriadu was um really pioneered by the Tarkin clan
2: yeah they had uh, they have a really good sort of foothold as the as one of the not the ruling families but uh one of the strong families of that planet for sure, yeah, I mean,
1: I guess that's where he gets his uh
2: attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, his so, success
1: yeah yeah exactly so um you know he um his family rather would um i guess uh they settled there to mine some uh lomite ore which was the main component in transparist steel so you know as these worlds are getting more industrialized they need more and more of this um element yeah so that they can um they can you know build their their cities up and everything. So yeah. um they were in the right place at the right time for sure which set them up um, not only financially but also in uh, influence and power. Yeah,
2: and standing, you know, and then those natural resources um of course were coveted and you know throughout it's sort of complex history of Yoriyadu um the time when he was young they uh, the planet itself was mostly under rule of our good old intergalactic banking clan and the, the munes. And Immune to what? Uh, <laughs> the classics never tire. <laughs> so, so the planet, because of its natural resources, was, you know, uh, like you said, with its sort of growing stature of um, mining and the needs for those raw materials, uh, being in the outer rim as well, sort of put it in a very sort of precarious position of, uh, a, not being protected by the, the Republic uh, when he was born. So, you know, there was a lot of um, raiding and there was pirates and stuff like that. So they had the planet itself had problems with its own security because of its natural resources. Um, and Willow was at that point when he was 11, he was taken by his uncle to begin sort of his training uh, to become something more for the, you know, for his, not only for his family, but for the planet.
1: Yeah, when we first really see him in New Hope, uh Leia refers to him as uh Governor Tarkin. So, mm. um, you know, as he's kind of being brought up, he's almost groomed for a position um as a governor of Iriadu. Yeah. And um he he joined the Galactic Republic's judicial department. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is um it's fascinating. Like, it we, we need to. We need to talk about the planet. We need to talk about the Galactic Republic's judicial department. Um, and just all this stuff, but not today. <laughs> 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 but, um, but then he was a commissioned officer in the Republic Navy. the The Republic Navy. The Navy. Um, by the time of the Clone Wars.
2: Yeah, and that upbringing and those trials that he went through with his uncle and judiciary, and even through the Outlanders that. Um, sort of outer rim, sort of not private security force, but he spent time learning literally to fly and to, you know, tactics and everything. That really did form his uh, expertise. And obviously, he was highly intelligent. And, you know, his fellow agents at the judiciary certainly scorned him because of that, because he was just that brilliant and a tactician. And not necessarily that he was uh, gloating about it, but he proved it time and time again that he was just far superior than. Um, many other of his uh, his peers. As the Jedi became generals in the time of the uh,
1: Clone Wars and all, he served under even Peel.
2: Yeah, which I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. well now you know it. Yeah, No, know. because you just said it. <laughs> right.
1: But, you know, it's interesting to see how he feels about the Jedi in A New Hope. Right. And mm. And to see, you know, to to know that he had served under one, and then you know, got really um, disillusioned by their leadership in the war because they're peacekeepers and they're they're generals and the the you know the Grand Army of the Republic, and it's like, you know, who are these guys to be running the show here yeah. when they're supposed to be peacekeepers? And you know, he he really felt that that they were not the ones who should be leading um you know despite their know-how and their their intuitions and all that he just he felt that they they were not in in the right place to lead
2: so true so true and you know again the clone wars series providing backstory um for such an interesting character with a lot of history and that citadel arc that conversation that they had him and uh, anakin is fascinating because just like you said tarkin literally says you know you guys shouldn't be generals because the nature of what you do won't allow you to go as far as you need to to be the victor in a battle because of your nature as a jedi and anakin completely agreed it's like wow we, we agree on that and that's sort of uh planting the seeds of his
1: um differing opinion on anakin versus the rest of the jedi Mm, yeah because he then he then sees anakin as one who may do what must be done and um therefore you know when obviously after the turn when when anakin is vader and and at the you know right hand of the emperor uh, he knows that he can trust Vader because he had that conversation with Anakin, you know? So when some Jedi come and save you from, you know, imprisonment, um, the best thing to do is to, uh, uh, prosecute them in their trial.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's the best way to do it.
1: Yeah. When, when Ahsoka was, was being uh, tried. Uh, he um, was the prosecutor, yes. which is totally messed up. Like, what a jerk! <laughs> yeah. So then, with the rise of the Galactic Empire, Tarkin was given the title Grand Moth by yeah. Palpatine. Um, um, when Palpatine was Chancellor, he he found um, he, he grew to respect. Uh Tarkin. Yeah. So so when he was in when he was given ultimate power, he gave him the title of Grand Moff, yeah. And um he was the administrator of the Outer Rim and he presided over the DS One project. Oh yes. As we as we know from um from Rogue One. But prior to that he did impose some imperial rule on such worlds as Lothal. Where the Star Wars Rebels TV show takes place. Yep. Essentially, there was a um, uh, Lothal resettlement camp <laughs> known as Tarkin. Tarkin camp.
2: down. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So essentially, he was like, all right, I'm going to kick off all these farmhands and, and, and take their land. <laughs> and um uh Anyone that tried to get their land back, even by legitimate ways, um, will be in prison. <laughs> it's that Try simple. Yeah. So basically, that's that's what happened. They they arrested or killed everyone that got in their way. Then uh, Vader uh, heard about that and ordered Agent Kallus to burn it down. <laughs> so this is bad news for everyone. It uh, is. But they referred to the uh, the settlement as Starken very affectionately because they, they they love their um their grandma off there. Yeah. Um so then uh it does get visited by Lando's droid and Ezra and Kanan in in the series. And leading up to the um DS1 initiative um he he founded the Tarkin initiative which was a think tank that did oh, cool. weapon research. Ah. And um, they they relied heavily on that for the creation of the battle station and some of its technology and weaponry.
2: And, you know, like the as, we, you know, his character progresses from the Clone Wars into Rebels, like you're talking about, you see how his arc is marching towards what we saw in A New Hope, right? And his command style and his, you know, he doesn't suffer fools lightly, you know, and you see that with, you know, there's more. I guess temperament with the Jedi when the you know like you said with with Anakin um and as as he's prosecuting Ahsoka he has less and less patience as his rank increases of course um you know with uh Arinda Price on on um Lothal and you know like the missteps of all of these uh subordinates are not meeting his style but that he was dedicated to the empire and to Palpatine like you said and like they met quite young you know when they're before their trajectories had taken off they met when she palpatine was the senator and because of naboo also being an outer rim planet they had that sort of kinship and he he could sense of course <laughs> dark lord insidious but he could sense that uh tarkin was um could be a really strong ally because of that You know, he knows about the outer rim and how the how the effects of the centric government don't doesn't necessarily work for everybody out there, but he could also see him as a as a tool for his longer game plan. Oh, he was a tool. Right. So
1: (laughs) what happened was, um, you know, as as you mentioned, he's quite ambitious and. he used Dorson Krennic for his knowledge and resources. Mm. And uh, once his battle station proved it worked, Tarkin took all the credit. <laughs> and it was a brilliant move since if it didn't work, the blame would fall squarely on Krennic. <laughs> but it did work. It so did work. Give credit where credit's not due. So <laughs> there he goes. Um, which, I mean, he did, I you know, Krennic sort of spearheaded the project but it was it was all under uh the Tarkin initiative so I mean he's he's kind of responsible
2: in some respect but yeah he, he doesn't deserve all the credit like he took no no and he was a supporter of that uh tactic early, much earlier on and that's probably where he gets some of his ownership of it because um you know not necessarily having the ear of palpatine but um, they obviously saw the value of having that weapon um, at their at their disposal. So Krennic came along as you know was going to help build this weapon. It's not like he came up here's a sketch of what I think we should do and uh, run with it. You know, in the Tarkin novel, they talk about um, Tarkin's suspicions about the origin uh, of the Death Star, like the the plans for it, and uh, Tarkin not knowing or separating. Palpatine from Sidious and of course that's a part of Sidious's master plan of using everybody to his advantage and keeping those two identities separate allowing him to either flush out the ones who are going to betray him or use those who are uh, loyal and squeeze the most effectiveness out of them
1: right yeah and that that became a um, tactic Throughout the Galactic Empire, when the Empire was officially formed and and Order 66 occurred and the Bad Batch, he tested their loyalty when he wanted to kind of see what they could do. And, and, you know, ultimately their, their betrayal of the Empire's plans for them. And he was the driving force behind the hunt for Clone Force 99. You know, initially he was skeptical of them because of their disregard for authority Mm. and just generally rules. (laughs) So um, he wanted to test their allegiance. You know, Crosshair, Mr. Good Soldiers Follow Orders, (laughs) Narked on Hunter and the gang's refusal (laughs) to blindly follow their orders. Uh, Spoiler alert, he was then after them. And um, they... uh, they he tested them with with sending them to Onderon to deal with Saul Guerrero, and um, they did not deal with Saul Guerrero. Yeah. So, he's pissed. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and, then he, and then so then that's you know then he he had crosshair in in his favor the brown noser and he <laughs> um, he kind of uh, spearheaded a group of uh, stormtroopers really. Um, they were not um clone troopers, they were recruited. He he utilized them to uh, attempt to track down the bad batch and uh yeah. and deal with them in in whatever way he deems fit. Right. Jerk.
2: <laughs> Stupid crosshair. Uh, well, I don't like him. I don't. You know, unless there's a redemption arc coming for him, for crosshair, um which very well could be, who knows? But uh, obviously, we're recording this during the run of the Bad Batch, so we're not sure how the story ends. But uh, with Crosshair, you know, Tarkin has found yet another a subordinate who can do what needs to be done to get the job done. And because
1: yeah, he cranked up his chip,
2: yeah, and that's know that's, that's, a, that's a, that is Cheated. that is a great point because without that um augmentation of the chip, does that mean then the rest of the Bad Batch? If they were to go through the same procedure, would they also be in the same, in the same state?
1: Well, I feel like Wrecker's got enough, um, traumatic brain injuries that his, his chip got dislodged. So, yeah. He's like a bull in a China shop. So yes, I feel true. like, I feel like you could crank that sucker up all you want. That thing is offline. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, uh-uh. that's, that's not gonna happen. And, um. You know it's weird because you see that struggle um with Rex. Yeah. And you see that struggle with Hunter. Mhm. In kind of like this is what I what I'm being compelled to do but I know it's wrong. Yeah. So, you know, just like with anything, you've got certain morality um that's going to um inhibit an inhibitor chip right so you know um you know and and that's that's the beauty of the clone wars is you see all the differences in these clones Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know you you're gonna have some that are stronger willed some that have morality and some that will be gold soldiers and follow orders
2: yeah and like you said you know that's a great point is that the the strength of character of any given clone, whether leaning towards, um, sort of just like the, the soldier mentality versus leadership or a little bit of a rebellious nature will either enhance or inhibit that chip to a greater degree. Almost yeah. like the force, you know, like the force, if you're leaning towards uh, the dark side, it's going to pull you there quicker versus the light side. Ooh, right. fascinating.
1: Mm, yeah. That's why you said it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was, um, that whole team was a, a was a huge wild card and um you know if they could have used it for their advantage the empire certainly would have mm-hmm. um but they couldn't so <laughs> so they had to be disposed of because um, right. if we can't use them we're going to destroy right
2: them. and if it's too expensive we're out
1: <laughs> that's right <laughs> one of the first interesting things that I've I've noticed about Tarkin was
2: Okay, hold that thought because we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to get into uh, Tarkin uh, in New Hope. So we're right back. All right, my young
0: Padawan. Slice that training remote in half and you can have whatever dinner you want for you
1: and all of your friends. (laughs) I want and Fried pork.
2: That's right! Padawans love the crunch and Masters love the nutrients in every bite of KFP!
1: Welcome to KFP! What can I get for you? The party feast with all the fixings, please! You got it! Order 66 is up!
2: Who's ready to head over to the temple?
1: I am! The other kids are dying to eat!
2: Like the Colonel always says. This is Colonel Cody. It's finger looking good, sir.
1: At Kashiki Fried Pool, we do it
2: right. Mmm! Get yourself a bucket of Kashiki and fried pork! It's finger looking good!
1: And we're back! we're back! Yeah, one of the first interesting things I found with uh, Grand Moff Tarkin was, you know, you see this very evil, imposing galactic empire and, and Darth Vader, who's like the most imposing, threatening figure in cinematic history. And, you know, he's literally choking somebody without using his hands cuz like he don't have time for that. Um <laughs> but any social distancing for right. for which I applaud him, yeah. I guess. So, you know, he's just in the middle choking out this guy and Tarkin's just like, "Vader, release him." And he's like, "Oh, okay." Like, <laughs> "What?" Who's this who's this guy who's like giving him giving Vader orders? Like you feel like Vader's like top dog.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and and Tarkin's like bossing him around. It's, it's fascinating. It is because, fascinating. Because he's 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 not, you know, physically imposing. Um and he's and he's not really outranking Vader. No. But he has that that confidence and and that history with Vader to be able to do that.
2: agree in that, like you brought up in, uh, you know, before the commercial about his comfort level and how he got to know Anakin. And Tarkin, although never voiced his thought patterns behind this, he suspected and was quite certain that it was Anakin who was Vader. And, you know, so during like the Clone Wars, during that one episode like we talked about before, you know, he and especially with that conversation about the jedi not you know uh th- their nature not allowing them to do what needs to be done <laughs> anakin certainly had that <laughs> bit of that ability and he could see that but he also um had that uh, sort of respect of, of anakin because of that reason so he got to know anakin on a very different level than the rest of the jedi and like you said in the, in, in the uh in part in, before the commercial his trust for the jedi was you know nowhere near I mean, he understood where they, their use was. And in fact, he even told the Emperor that had the Jedi continued to be generals, the Republic was going to lose the war because that's he just didn't think that they were going to be an effective commanders. So his experience with, with Anakin uh, and now Vader certainly gives him that uh, confidence to be able to sort of not bark a command, but certainly not leave any misinterpretation like, hey, stop what you're doing. But the other interesting thing too is that... Um, Uh, Tarkin did say that he believed that Vader was more man than machine. (laughs) It was like in the book, he talked about that, where because Vader was able to uh, understand that the, the commands from the emperor were for the greater good of what needs to be done, he did them without question. So and if the emperor trusted Tarkin and his, you know, obviously he just skyrocketed in importance within the empire Vader looked at, possibly looked at Tarkin as like the second in command of sort of like the military side, and didn't uh, and understood what needed to be done. Great. Well, if, if this if Tarkin thinks I shouldn't be killing this guy, well, I'll just I'll just release him because overall the the master plan is still in play.
1: Right, and I feel like Tarkin probably was in charge of that PowerPoint presentation for the new hires, <laughs> where like when you're onboarding them, and he's like. <laughs> Okay, so HR is on the twelfth level. <laughs> okay, the refreshers are at each. You know, like he's probably the guy that that did all that stupid nonsense that you have to do when you get hired. Yes. And he's like, if you kill this guy, we're gonna have to hire somebody else.
2: <laughs> I don't have the time for this. It's the whole three month onboarding thing, and then the, yeah, uh... and
1: then like if the place blows up, then I did it all for nothing. <laughs> you know it's just you know it's, it just doesn't want anything to do with that
2: um it's an so, hr nightmare that's why you wanted them to stop exactly
1: exactly and then it's like who wants to be hired by this guy that chokes them and stuff nobody nobody <laughs> so, um so yeah i guess um you know we're, we're getting dangerously close to um to to the end of Tarkin's life. Yeah. But not necessarily the end of his legacy. Um once the Rebel Alliance or, or the Alliance to Restore the Republic mm. depending on how you spin it. Interesting. Um uh they destroyed the the battle station thanks to Galen, Jin and everyone else <laughs> from Rogue One. Yeah. And um once the first Death Star was destroyed, it was uh referred to as Tarkin's Folly. Oh, so again, cool. you know uh, trying to see how this shakes out to determine whether or not you're going to take the credit for this thing, mm. and then you see that it works, so you take the credit for it, <laughs> and it gets blown up so easily, and it's like you took the credit for it, you know. Yeah,
0: it's
1: like, it's, uh, you know, kind of unfortunate for him, um, in that regard, but um, you know, then with that being said, you know, the Empire was, was essentially uh, dealt a pretty serious blow, and that was that was blamed. Pretty squarely on Tarkin, because had the had this station that he had touted, um, you know, been able, you know, not be bullseyed like a Tatooine womp rat, then it would have still been out there blowing
2: people up. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And if he believes, like you said, if he's going to take, you know, the full credit for it, um, he's well, and like you said, he's he, basically he's got that rubber stamp of the association of the failure of it as well. Um, you know, and as we know, uh, Krennic isn't around uh, to take any of the blame.
0: Right. <laughs> he's right. uh, he's uh, yeah. pretty
2: much uh, he's pretty much nothing at this point. Um And the way he characterizes, you know, and obviously some of the lines that we hear in A New Hope, you know, he it, like, you know, after he tells him to release the, you know, uh, release the choking in that scene, he talks about how the, you know, and he defines like he builds. Well, Lucas obviously builds so much story into those lines about the local governors taking care of the of the planets and you know the uh, the structure of how the new the the galactic empire is going to work that confidence that he has in the path that this entire machine is is marching towards gives him the confidence that hey there's nothing there's nothing's going to go wrong what are you talking about even like you know we found a we found a fault you know there's a potential that they could actually make this work he's like in our moment of triumph are like are you crazy i'm not getting off this thing and you know obviously they were seconds away from making making that come true but to the very end he believed that this was the ultimate weapon in the galaxy and that how how is a you know a bunch of mosquitoes going to take down this this weapon and of course they did but like you said, with that came was it called Tarkin's folly? That was that's what it was called.
1: That's what they 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 affectionately referred to it as. Yes.
2: Wow. So there you go. That's like the your uh, your confidence in uh, your machine is uh, is your failure, you know, or your uh- <laughs> yes.
1: yes, it's
2: no match for the power of the fool. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. So then the the tide of 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 uh, uh, public and military opinion. Uh, kind of swung back the other way, and by the time of the first order, um, the name Tarkin was was in uh, the armband insignia for the rank of major.
2: Are you serious? That's that's so cool. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, and not only that, uh, there was a squadron of um, first order Thai space superiority fighters stationed on Starkiller Base. Ooh, and that that squadron was um, was designated the the name Tarkin's Revenge. Wow, that's so cool. Uh huh.
2: Nice. Yeah.
1: So, so you've got some some pretty heavy nods to to uh, Wilhuff there, um, even in the time of the First Order.
2: That's spectacular. I well, obviously I didn't know that, and that's why he said it. But
1: um. he was he was he was, he was uh, the the predominant military leader of the of the empire yeah. in the time of a new hope so it makes sense that they would uh would pay homage to him in that in that respect mm-hmm.
2: and especially from the first order's perspective of you know whether or not um the the blame sits squarely on on his shoulders for you know th- that the uh fail safe the fail safe yeah the,
1: uh, the 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 womp rat sized hole yeah so that main (laughs) reaction that could be triggered
2: that little loophole that the rebels used regardless of the fact that he was in command of it at that time it was still a um,
1: well it leads to one of my favorite um, Tarkin lines Um, it's not my fault they told me they fixed the hole (laughs)
2: No, that's no. he wasn't wearing a cape in that scene. <laughs> not in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> he left it in his cape closet. Oh, I'm just oh, wearing wow. I'm just wearing hands clothes in this scene. This is devolved very quickly. <laughs> um yes. Release him. Yes. So um But yeah, so that it you know, especially from the first order's perspective, looking back at the past of where the Empire had come from, not Necessarily blaming that vulnerability built into the Death Star, regardless who was in charge of it, the Rebels were going to take advantage of it. So Tarkin's folly may may have been, you know, the immediate sort of reaction, but in the in the long run, there was a lot more respect for such a deep character and so so influential um, from the get go.
1: Yeah, and once you once you realize, you know, once the, once the truth comes out and you realize that it wasn't. Just an oversight on Tarkin's behalf. He was betrayed mm. by Galen Erso. True. The whole, the entire, you know, Galactic Empire was betrayed by Erso. Um, you can have a little more sympathy for the character and say, "Oh, he didn't screw up. He was deceived." Right. You know. Right. And and he was uh, backstabbed. So you know, it's it's is it is it his fault? No, it's it's Galen Erso's fault and then of course um you know the the rebels for 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 blowing it up um so and and from that perspective they are the victims of yes. um, <laughs> of this attack so uh you can you can very easily kind of retcon history and and say well yeah it was under his watch that that happened but as more information comes out um it's it's not so much him as the, the people under him that were undermining his his plans.
2: Yeah, and no matter, like you said, no matter what happened, it was going to happen anyways. It's He was in the position on the Death Star at the time of a betrayal, and, you know, unbeknownst to him, and thus his one of his last lines in a moment of triumph, I'm not going to get off this thing, this is, what are you talking about? He didn't yeah. obviously realize just how bad that that loophole was, and there was no way that uh, he would have even expected like a, an X-wing fighter to take down an entire station.
1: Right. And that was, uh, you know, the whole Tarkin's folly thing was, there was, there was serious um, criticism based on the fact that there was just a small squadron of fighters of Tie fighters um, Uh, when they were, when they were bringing the thing online and um, had there been more Protective uh, resources like um like the like the guns uh near the trench and all right you know had there had there been more external resources to to fend off against these tiny ships um then you know there there would have been uh a, you know, greater chance for success mm-hmm. you know if you've taken out each of these x wings then then none of that would have, happened. would have happened yeah the tighter you tighten your grasp the more star systems It'll will fall through your fingers. fingers. <laughs> and um, that includes X-Wings.
2: <laughs> Charming to the last. <laughs>
1: uh, but we mustn't forget his foul stench. <laughs> Speaking of foul stenches, um, Peter Cushing famously wore slippers on set when whenever filming didn't include his lower legs and feet <laughs> because they got him the wrong size boots and um they were incredibly uncomfortable for him <laughs> and you know he'd been he'd been acting for a long time and he was i don't want to say elderly but you know he was, he was he was getting up there in age yeah and yeah. he didn't have time for the crap so you know he's like uh how about we uh get a little tighter in on this shot and i'll have to put my shoes on <laughs>
2: and you bring up a great point is that he had a huge amount of respect, well-trained and has a long history in movies and, and theater, um, which is a great counterposition to the weight that um, Alec Guinness, yeah, that he brought. So you've got these two elderly statesmen who are you know, driving the very two very important sides of the story and not necessarily being the main good guy or the main bad guy. But their gravitas on screen—it's immediate. You can't—you can't help but like do what they say to do. Just like you were saying before about uh, release them from the uh, the chokeholds. Like, okay, gotcha. You know, just because the way he commands those words, they have—they—they uh, they gave that weight to the uh, to the the story. And um, Tarkin, obviously, not only was an important character with New Hope, um, it's clear that uh, becoming a fan favorite, and then. Uh, Lucas and then Filoni further developing his character throughout uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels giving so much more depth to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least Alec Guinness got to come back as a Force ghost. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Tarkin did not because mm. um, he well, <laughs> wasn't strong in the Force. So, you know, to have such a prominent actor in a, a moderately sized role mm-hmm. um in one film is is unfortunate for for the viewer because you you want more and then and then of course you end up doing the the c g i slash face swap in um in Rogue one mm-hmm. and then of course all the animation that, and and the the literature that enriches his yeah. um his story and his character
2: yeah yeah, and it peppered throughout you know any of those. You know, there's lots of books that sort of surround that era, you know, like um, obviously Tarkin was one of them and Lost Stars. He makes an appearance in that as well. Yeah, it's uh, he's a fantastic character with a lot of depth to him and uh, really worthy of um, of a good character study.
1: Right. Which is, uh, you know, why we do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's also noted that, you know, he does have some serious dark side roots because. He and Christopher Lee were like best friends.
2: <laughs> That's true.
1: So you know, I he, I feel like he was was heavily influenced by the dark side
2: throughout his life. Right before he even became Moff, he was already on the right. on the dark side. Exactly. <laughs> and and before Christopher Lee was cast as Dooku, yeah. Don't so, worry about that part.
1: I, yeah, it's just a <laughs> world between worlds thing, I guess.
2: I <laughs> It was fated to happen anyways.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess um I guess that's kind of our um our character study on Tarkin.
2: Yeah, that wraps it up pretty much for him.
1: Alright. So um I guess we're on Facebook and Twitter and
2: stuff. Yes. <laughs> and Instagram.
1: <laughs> right.
2: And on the webs. You know we got a whole they bunch of things, yeah, and uh, we also have um, our T uh, Public store. We're going to be shuttering um, our spreadsheet. We're going to move everything over to T Public because uh, T Public actually allows us to uh, to uh, print
1: our logo. Yeah, print our logo.
2: <laughs> so we like them. <laughs> so we'll we'll continue working with them, and uh, yeah. So aside from that, um, I guess you want to take us out?
1: Not really, because he doesn't believe in the force. Ah, see what I mean? Yeah, I'm in a tough spot here, pal.
2: (laughs) Ain't easy this Uh, stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I guess, I guess, um, for the empire, I don't know. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like the toe to company line. So,
2: (laughs) how about this? How about this? You may end the recording.
1: The Force is strong with them. Oh, I agree, Master Plow. The Force is very strong with these conversations. This is the conversation you're looking for. I like to say that. Conversation.
0: Now I can't stop. All right. May the Force be with you. Listen on.